The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris, and friends are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Friends. Hey, 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 hey. We are back. Man, I tell you what, I, this has just been a great weekend. Uh, having the first week of football back with uh, the pro level, you know, no preseason. It was all about the end road towards the Super Bowl. But today, hey, before we get started, I got a guest on that's been in on before. One of my friends, Cody Wilson. What's happening, Code? And what's going on? Man, nothing much, brother. Nothing much. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, trying to adjust to this specific time out here. Uh, but loving the weather. One of the nicest summers I've ever had. Hey, how was watching Monday Night Football at 5 o'clock? How, oh, how awesome is that? Man, it's great. I can watch uh, with the doubleheader this week. I get to watch two full games and still get to bed at a decent time. It was pretty awesome. Yep, and Thursday night is the same thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, Cody, tell everybody about yourself. Uh, well, I'll tell you... Uh, I grew up, born and raised in Dallas, Texas area. I uh, went on to Haskell Indian Nation University to uh, play football and run track. Played a little bit of arena football after that. Uh, since then, I've been coaching and teaching and, and working with uh, youth, primarily in Indian country. And uh, my passion is to help people, man. And I could, I could acquiesce to that. I've known Cody now for about, dang, five, seven years, five years, seven years. Uh he has uh, many aliases and stuff like that. Uh, just to tell you guys about him, uh, doing a camp through my company, High Intensity Sport, uh, with the Zuni tribe, which he was actually the assistant head coach of the team. And we came out there, and I had Earl Mosley and uh, Coach Boyd and Al Adet, uh, some of my friends. And so we were doing a camp. And so I had met Joe Clonch, who was the head guy that kind of put us all together. And then he was talking about his assistant. And so Cody shows, well, we see a ghetto hearse come up sitting on some dubs. (laughs) And it was funny because Al had the same vehicle, tinted out, stuff like that. So you see this car floating on red dirt in native land, and it was Cody. Uh, But Cody's new alias is, can I say it in public? Yeah, I've had it. Coach Good Hair. He got that good hair. <laughs> Cody Cody got that perm. They be like, What you I'm mixed with Indian. 
<laughs> that's you know that's how they say it with my people. They don't say native, but you know you know I'm not being disrespectful. But that's no, how yeah, yeah. that that's how it's said. It's like what you got? I got that. I got that Indian hair. So <laughs> and then everybody, what, what tribe you part of? Uh, usually, I'm, I'm a member of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. Is, exactly, but when when my people start lying, everybody say, "Oh, we Cherokee." That's the only tribe <laughs> mugs know. <laughs> So anyway, man, I'm glad to have you on. Um, have you followed uh, what's going on with uh, today is kind of breaking news um, with North Carolina and NCAA, how they're removing the title games? Did you see uh, the the public, the director of communications for the uh, North Carolina Republican Party? Did you see her, Cammie Mueller? I have not seen that yet. Oh, man. So you got to look this up, man. So Cammie gets on and she goes ham. So, you know, the NCAA is removing title games and bowl games, whatnot, or, you know, uh, games from North Carolina because their refusal to accept the uh, bathroom situation, you know, with mixed genders and stuff like that. So Cammie says... (laughs) <laughs> and I'll tell you, you got to watch the sound bite. She just gets in. But Cammie basically says, hold up. Isn't it hypocritical of you all to say we, you're going to take stuff away from us because we're not combining? She was like, well, are you combining men and women's basketball? Why aren't the cheerleaders on the road rooming with the football players? Which, you know, in some cases they may be, but that's not none of my business. (laughs) But and so she was like, you know, so you're going to take away something from us when, in fact, you don't even support the same thing. And I mean, to I mean, if you're going to be honest, she had a point. I don't know. Did so? What's your thoughts on that? I I mean, I know you haven't heard it, but what, what, what do you take on that spin that she gave? Man, I think she she brought up a very valid point from the sounds of it. Uh, you know, I always go back to now that I'm a, a family man. You know, there is family bathrooms, which you know, I'm a I'm a man. I take my son in there, but it would be just as acceptable for my fiance to take our boys in there too. You know, I I don't know if they have them at their games, but to me, it's the same difference if somebody doesn't feel comfortable going in. Uh, the men or women's bathroom, they, they can go in the family bathroom, but I think those points are pretty valid. They're not going to, you know, not at least that I can think of anytime soon that there's going to be women playing in men's sports and vice versa. Um, well, well so, you did have it in track and field this year in Olympics. What's that? Well, we did have it in Olympics with the transgender uh, athlete running in the Olympics. Yeah, there's... <laughs> There's some, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But, you know, as much as I, I try to be, um, I guess, open-minded about some of these things, it, it's it, it's just different. It's not what I've grown up with. It's, uh, you know, I identify with who I am, and, and, you know, I know men that are feminine, and I know women that are masculine that necessarily don't have to change their sex to continue being who they are. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole new world. You know, I'm, I'm trying to stay open-minded about it, but it's just kind of uh, new territory. Yeah, I, I guess my approach is to each his own. I just don't feel like it ha- has to, it, it shouldn't have an impact on me. 
either way. So if I I should be able to go to a men's bathroom and to be a men's bathroom. Um, or if I had a child, I would want that the same. I just feel like, okay, you could just put the other bathroom in, like you said, where whatever wants to go, whomever or whatever wants to go in there, that's on them. But speaking of open mind, what about an open nose? Did you see your boy Jim Harbaugh on the sideline? And I love Jim. But <laughs> with Boogergate, did you see Did you see the highlight? I, for- I've seen it slowed down a few times. Uh you know, and I've heard his defense. I, you know, <laughs> from the looks of it, he could say he's never eaten a booger. I think that's a lie. I think at some point when we were all little kids, we've eaten a booger or two. But, uh, yeah, he, in my, in my opinion, Co- in the views, I'm saying he's clearly eating a booger. Cody, that man ate the booger. Uh, it, it, it was salty with butter. It was death, in the words of Run DMC. I, I, and, and then it, what makes matters worse and I love the hardballs. I, I really love them. Very charismatic. Great coaches. Yeah, great coaches, but very charismatic people. You know, they are who they are. And, they're, you know, Jim is going to go get his khakis. He's eccentric in his own way. Uh, they have his marker on his little necklace. Thing. Yeah, and it's like, this is what I do. And he leaves the stadium just like he comes, just so you know. I've talked to him after a Monday night game here in Arizona. Jim had on his black sweatshirt and his khakis going straight to to the bus to get on the plane. He ain't changing clothes. Now, Bruce, B.A., on the other hand, he's going to have his nice little, he's going to have his hat on, his shirt. You know, Bruce going to play the role. Jim? Bruce is kind of old school swagged out, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, pimping ain't easy. So, you know, uh, but Jim, but what really got this to me, what I thought was funny, because I know my brother wouldn't defend me. My brother would probably put me on blast. But to get his brother involved, to get Big Brother involved, I was like, John was like, he's never eaten a booger. <laughs> <laughs> I was Come like, on. hey, my brother was like, yeah, I probably stuck some boogers in your food before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. This is real life. You don't have to lie about it. Yep, yep, you yep. got to lie to kick it, Craig. Exactly. You don't have to lie to kick it. And so here's the other thing, man. So now speaking of college football, the um, AP has Bama number one. I'm just going to read off the top five. FSU number three. Ohio OS, uh, Ohio State or number or FSU number two. Ohio State number three. Michigan number four and Clemson number five. But on the coaches poll, they dropped Clemson a couple spots. I don't feel like Clemson really should have dropped. You know, they were kind of toying with Clemson after the Auburn game. You act like, uh, to me, they act like Auburn wasn't a top five team that they played. Well, I can tell you that, that anytime two top 25 teams, in that matter, are playing, I don't think the rankings should, take, should change all that much for either team. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not fair. Uh, for, because you should be in favor of teams scheduling each other, being top 25 teams, especially early in the season. I mean, the fact that, that so many teams play so many kind of powder puff teams or, or teams that they know they'll be pretty bad, um, you know, I if I was running the poll or if I was uh, one of the writers that gets to vote on that stuff, uh, to me it only makes sense to uh, – I guess to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, reward them. Big game. Reward them for playing the tough one. Right. 
don't punish them for playing tough because then people are going to go back to scheduling. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. But yeah, it'll be the occasional upset. But yeah, but this year, I mean, even scheduling those guys, it wasn't a given this last the first week. Some of these, I mean, I I think it's becoming more and more parity on both levels. We'll definitely talk about it with the NFL later because I looked at this past week and it was like, wow. But now it's just it's becoming more and more parity. More people are doing due diligence. And then with the creative uh, creativity of the coaches, even at the lower levels, they're just, you know, bringing in guys. It's like, okay, like, you know, what I did when I was at Luther and some of the other places where I had to recruit, I knew it's going to be very hard for me to get a 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", receiver that ran a 4'3", four, 4'4". Four, four, four. But I might be able to get a 5'6", receiver that ran a 4'4", four, four, or 4'5", four, or I was able to get a 6'5", receiver slash tight end that maybe ran a 5'0", flat, or 5'5", five, uh, five flat, but he could, or 4'8", or four nine, but he can jump, <laughs> you know, and or solid position. Yeah, that yeah. Just run routes. Well, but yeah, but even with that guy, the whole mentality was, I'll I'll nullify your guy with speed because if you're at a lower level, then you're probably going to have a five nine corner. Yeah, he can run, but I have a six foot five guy that can jump. So right. and he has probably about thirty to forty pounds on your cornerback. Uh, so. You know, I, I think that these lower programs are doing it and more they're having more access with the Internet, so some gems are being found. But, uh, well, and I'll tell you that, in my opinion, this is the best uh, for the players. Uh, you know, absolutely. I've seen it firsthand. You've got, you've got kids that, you know, maybe wouldn't start. Uh, maybe they get offered at a big school, but they know they're going to fight uh, a battle up yeah. until they're a junior or senior. And well, uh, hold that thought for a second. We're hold on, hold on that thought for a second. We're going to take a break, but I want you to come back and continue it because you know it's, it's a valid point. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a at tough the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
you're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back, and uh, Cody was talking a little bit about uh, the, some of the players. So go ahead, Cody, continue what you're saying. Well, what I was what I was going along with is just I think it's it's best for the athletes, you know. Uh, maybe a guy that is getting recruited a little bit by some bigger schools, some, some um, Power Five conference schools, but they know they're going to kind of ride the bench, I guess you'd say, for three, four years uh, if they redshirt. You know, if they think they're going to play by the time they're a redshirt a junior, they've been in the program for four years and they're just now getting an opportunity to get on the field. Now you've got the the uh, the opportunity to go somewhere else and start right away and, and kind of shine, you know, as a as a young athlete. So it, it plays out in favor of uh, the players. I feel like it's giving them a better voice and uh, better opportunities initially. Yeah, and, and it was a note that you made, and one of the kids we're going to talk about uh, just briefly, Poppy White. Uh, for Ohio being Kansas, man, uh, for, that was a big win for Ohio football. Uh, and Poppy, you had the fortunate opportunity to watch him uh, throughout the summers doing camps with Day of Champions and watching our boy Earl Mosley work with him. But you were uh, bringing up uh, notice about some other native players that had big games this week. Go ahead and tell t- tell us about it. Well, uh, for one, I want to I want to tell you that uh, Poppy's. Relative, his dad is uh, Omari White, who is a Haskell Indian Nations University product. Uh, proud to say that. Uh, also, uh, another young, young uh, impact player. The way Poppy is, is uh, named Jerry Louis McGee. Look up his uh, punt return versus NIU this weekend. He plays for the University of Montana. His dad, uh, Wade McGee, also played football at Haskell Indian Nations and uh, great athletes. But this guy got big player. For Big Sky Player of the Week, he got uh, honorable mention for Special Teams Player of the Week in the entire uh, FCS and tore it up. Uh, had an 81-yard return where he made 11. He made 10 total people miss on the team, but uh, 11 kind of broken tackles or, or jukes, I guess you'd say. And then also uh, the kid I actually got to see throughout uh, coaching at Idaho High School, my most recent job the last couple of years, uh, freshman kid uh, for University of North Texas, name is Mason Fine, who had a great, great passing career at uh, Locust Grove High School in Oklahoma. Just has been playing solid at the University of North Texas. Um, maybe not so many highlights, but an undersized guy who really wasn't getting looked at by hardly anybody. Very few opportunities, and now he's getting to shine at uh, University of North Texas, which is a Division One school. So that's what, that's what's all that goes back. And those three guys are native. Uh, throw that out there. That, that's what's up. Hey, but speaking of big games and big plays, I don't know if you fought, saw Kalen Ballage of uh, ASU score eight touchdowns to tie the NCAA record. And the thing is, they ran the same play. <laughs> they ran a power play, and uh, to the right side, tw- like three of his scores was on the same play. Well, all I can say about that is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Some coaches are, are uh, I, I think, smart enough to go back to the things that are working. And apparently Arizona State, 
definitely took advantage of that. I, eight touchdowns is unheard of. Yeah, but but my thing is how humiliating if you're the DC for Texas Tech and the players on the field. We know what's. That's why I tell people you don't need a lot of plays if you can execute them right and just dominate. Then. It doesn't matter if they know what you're doing. They knew he was going to get the ball. They knew where he was going to get the ball, and they couldn't do nothing about it. And so I thought that was pretty awesome. But I'm gonna uh, real fast. So you're going into playoff season in college football before we go into the uh, NFL. Who are your four teams in the playoffs? Man, I'm not gonna lie. I, I... I'm a hometown guy. I like the way the University of Texas is playing. I hope that Charlie Strong has a great season. So I'm going to throw Texas up there. <laughs> I know most people will disagree with me on that. But, uh, you know, watching them play Notre Dame, I, I felt like they could have put the game away earlier. Um, but they still played a really solid game, and they were able to finish it out. So uh, I'm going to throw Texas as my little sneak team to get up in there. And then – Probably just have to go similar to the polls. I mean, Alabama's Alabama. They're going to be good. Uh, FSU, and then I think Clemson is the other one that's going to that's going to uh, scrape in there. You know, the, the top five, the top four teams for the playoffs is always kind of hard to pick early in the year. But as long as those teams stay healthy, I think those four could be it. So I'm going to go. I think this, and it depends on when it happens. I think Bama's going to lose one. As good as they are, you got a true freshman quarterback. I just see that just it'll be a close game just because of their division is pretty tough. So uh, I'm going to go FSU, similar to you. I'm going to go Ohio State has had too many close games to now that they'll wake up. I am going to go Clemson. And this last one, it, it's kind of tough for me. Uh, because it's like as rarely do you get a chance to get two teams from the Big Ten, um, but it's I'm going to go out on a limb and say Wisconsin. I want to say Michigan, but I think Wisconsin just has had more time to jail that they may go ahead and and, and do something. Um, and speaking of uh, before we get into Football, did you see your boy, your cousin, your best friend, Ryan Lochte, and uh, what happened? With, did you hear about what happened with Dancing the Stars? No, I haven't seen so, that, but that's definitely, that's <laughs> definitely inaccurate information. <laughs> <laughs> so this fool, or I mean, it's not like it's his fault. I'm going to say this fool after I make my statement. So he's on a stage. And some protesters came on with almost like uh, with anti-Lochte shirts, looked like Ghostbuster shirts, as they said, and tried to rush the stage while he was on there. And <laughs> Ryan Lochte was like, why doesn't everybody just get over what happened, basically? I've changed. And three weeks, dog, you changed? You just was lying for two weeks or three weeks ago. You changed that fast? And, you know, it, it was just... To hear him say and act the way he did, I, I I was just like, oh, yeah, I have some words, but I'm not, not going to share it. But thank God, again, no personal safety was uh, happened. But it's just like, wow, this dude, uh, 
I don't even think he should be on the show, but that's a whole nother deal. You know, who am I? You know, he's. I guess it's for the ratings, right? Right, right. Uh, as long as it sells tickets, as long as people view. Yeah. Um, speaking of like taking a stand or standing on a stage, uh, last week it was interesting because when I uh, when the Cardinals played the uh, Patriots, they came in and I actually saw Chris Long out studying before the game or the uh, before the team meetings and had an opportunity to talk with one of the longtime coaches of the Patriots, Ivan Fears, and just some uh, Daryl McGee, a young man that I you know had a fortune. Fortunate I had the opportunity to see him grow up in the league and stuff like that. He's from my hometown, even worked for me and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Did you, were you able, did you, I know you've been working, uh, but did you see the article or, you know, Chris Long's uh, response to everything that's going on with Colin Kaepernick? You know, I haven't seen that. I've seen quite a few interesting um, takes on, on what's going on with that, but... Uh, hey man, First Amendment. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read his. He probably had the best take on it, and you know I was waiting for someone and wondering who it would be that's non-black to really kind of take the stand. And I'm, I'm gonna just read a couple quotes. Uh, he said, "I have a I have a, had a lot of thoughts about it." And it's hard because you want to talk to the media. You want to say something about it as if you know the media. It's a long conversation. And if you talk about it for a few minutes, they may take 10 to 15 seconds out of your quote and take you out of context and run with the narrative. But I'll make it pretty clear. I support my peers in exercising their rights to protest. This is a wonderful country. And I think everyone agrees on that. But there are things in our country that can improve. I don't think that by acknowledging as a white male that America isn't the same for me, maybe as it is for everyone else, everybody, the same great place that we we're, we are complicit in the problem or that we're saying America isn't a great place. If we're saying there are incidents of oppression in this country systematically or individually in this country, I don't think saying, well, in country X, Y, or Z it's 10 times worse is making things any better. I think that may be true, but why can't we improve? I play in this league that 70% black and my peers, guys I come to work with, guys I respect who are very socially aware and are intelligent guys. If they identify with something, identify something that they think is worth putting their reputation on the line, Creating controversy, I'm going to listen to those guys. And here's the last part I'm going to put. Or, uh, and then he goes on to say, and I respect the anthem. I would never kneel for it. We all come from different walks of life and think differently about the anthem and the flag, what that means. But I think you can respect and find a lot of truth in what these guys are talking about and not kneel. Those aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Listen, it's been complicated has brought out a lot of what we as fans and players think about the anthem a lot of strong feelings on both sides but i think we can all agree we love our vets we love the vast majority of officers of law enforcement but they are human beings too and they there there are isolated incidents that need to be better and i think guys are saying is listen most people might be great cops great people that protect our communities, 
but when there are injustices, let's find ju- justice for those situations. I respect my peers. I respect Colin. And it goes on. But I was like, I'm glad uh, he took that stand. And we'll talk about it a little bit more. We're going to go into break. But it was just good to hear him take that stand. And uh, I'm going to get your opinion when we come back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we were talking about uh, Chris Long's take on the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick, and uh, Cody was going to give his opinion and uh, give some more information. Go, go ahead, Colt. So uh, I think he did a really good job of, of trying to see it from all perspectives, and, and even mentioning you know that he uh, you know honors the veterans, and that uh, you know he wouldn't do it himself, but he at the same time he kind of is saying you know I understand and. It's. I think it's something that you know people get easily offended about. Um, you know, somebody acting a certain way, but uh, you know, I come from a family of veterans. My grandmother and grandfather were both in World War Two. My dad was in Vietnam and even served parts in Desert Storm. Um, I have a great uh, respect for the flag and what it stands for, but at the same time, I'm I. Uh, do come from a Native American uh, family on my dad's side and uh, an Irish family on my mom's side for the most part. You know, there's other nationalities as well, but I can tell you that the history isn't always, uh, the history isn't always great, and maybe even today it's still not uh, where it should be. You know, people just want rights and people want to be treated fairly. Um, People don't want to be abused, obviously. So, um, you know, I, I feel that those types of things are important enough to take a stand. And if his teammates, his owner, all the people have his back, which it appears they do, you know, I don't see a problem with it. Um, I just felt like something was important enough myself. Uh, I just went to Standing Rock with some coworkers in my, my family. And, uh, how was that? We, 
we uh, went out there to protest, which everybody says protest, but uh, protect the water is really what we're aiming for. But uh, we went out to protect uh, sacred lands from being desecrated, which we were a little bit too late, but also trying to protect the Missouri River, which feeds millions of people, not just Native Americans, uh, make sure that people have clean drinking water. And, you know, we were met with... uh, Initially, the state police and troopers and those things, and now recently, as soon as we were leaving, uh, the barricade on the way out uh, when we left on Friday was actually the National Guard. Mm. And it's it's weird to me to think that we live in a country that, uh, you know, Obama comes through on Friday and says we're going to halt the pipeline, and, and three different, the Department of Justice and two other departments said, hey, we need to stop this until we can come to uh, basically an easement, uh, some type of agreement with the tribe, because that, that that is their rights to that water, and they're going to run that pipeline directly into the water. So uh, we did what we felt like was the best way we could protect the water. We put traditional canoes from uh, the tribe I work for, the Coeur d'Alene tribe. The uh, Kalispells were there. The... Um, Oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But there was other coastal and Alaskan tribes there with us that traveled thousands of miles to get on the water and, and uh, put these prayers you know, out there asking for clean drinking water. And somehow there's basically SWAT team-type armed police officers there arresting people, and there's they're not a small number. It's, it's hundreds of people. And it's just scary to think that, you know, we live in a society that's, maybe so fueled by, by the money and the, the oil and banks and things of that nature that somebody wants to protect their simple rights, something as, as simple as water, something we all need. And you're met with uh, a National Guard and, and people with uh, automatic weapons when there's not one weapon in the uh, the camp. There's not one, uh, there hasn't been any violence on the side of, of the native people and the farmers that are there uh, protecting their land and their water, but you're met with, um, you know, fully armed, (laughs) you know, look like a militia type deal. And, uh, you know, it just, it it blows my mind. So I think when you're talking about Kaepernick's taking a knee during the national anthem, uh, there's veterans supporting him and things like that. It shouldn't be such a thing that, Everybody should fire back, in my opinion. Everybody should have somewhat of an open mind and just say, look, you know, the guy believes that there's something going on that's an injustice, and he wants to use his platform to uh, make a statement about it. You know, who are we to say that he's not allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it's it will go on and on, and, you know, just in life, there's things that have to be done to make and so anytime change comes, there's always going to be some discomfort uh, for even with growth is some discomfort for growth. Um, but moving on and I, and I'm not taking this lightly by any means. And I, I'm glad that you gave an inside perspective of what's going on there because I've been reading and, you know, I don't take everything uh, that mainstream says as uh Gold, um, but going into sports, uh, going back to sports and talking about, in a sense of what people feel 
was an inequality is how and you know and taking a stand for protecting someone the NFL has finally taken a stand and protected Cam Newton <laughs> I mean did you see how that dude was just getting hit in the mouth uh, yeah, by the Denver. Helmet, the helmet stuff is bad, and he took quite a few of them. Yeah, it wasn't like he just took one, and it was questionable. And granted, he is a big dude, he is a big man, but it just, you know, it was like, wow. And typically in games, you know, um, there's not penalties thrown typically when people are playing against Cam Newton. But let that have been my boy Tom Brady. Man, flags would have been flying everywhere. I mean, they make rules for Tom Brady. <laughs> they create they create rules for Tom Brady. Um, and, but what's really interesting, the pan uh, the Panthers guard uh, guard Trey uh, Tur- uh, Turner, he gets fined nine k for taunting uh, that he could have caused something, and that was half of the fine that they, Brandon Marshall and those guys got. For actually hitting Cam, and it's just like wow, that is you know that's pretty interesting, you know. Uh, yeah, taunting doesn't <laughs> physically hurt anybody. Uh, yeah, long-term uh, things that happen to uh, people that suffer suffer multiple concussions is a real thing. So I don't know how you how you charge more for a taunt than. Well, no, it, it was half of the price. It was half, uh, oh, but okay. but the point is. I mean, and, and I guess I'm saying uh, I'm glad that they did take a stand. I mean, it was egregious in, in the nature of just how often Cam gets hit and under the duress that he's under uh, compared to other quarterbacks and typically don't get the call. It's almost like uh, hack-a-shack. And so, right. I mean, but, I, exactly I, but I'm glad that, uh, and, you know, and especially now with the concussion protocols and, and, you know, some people question whether Cam should have even went back in the game. Um, and now the NFL has, you know, is dropping that $100 million towards research and things like that. So, I mean, I'm glad that in appearance that they are definitely trying to address the issues of player health and player safety for all players. Um, so that that was big. Um, did some of the games? I'm gonna. I don't know if you watched, but I watched the Steelers versus uh, Washington. Boy, <laughs> Antonio Brown. I put. Uh, I said he went Luke Skywalker on him. He went doo doo Brown, <laughs> doo doo Brown. <laughs> all and then twerked on him afterwards. Hey, all over Washington. I be mean, <laughs> what he did to twerk. I was just like, oh, oh. I, I can tell you this uh, personally. Uh, I don't like Washington. I won't say their their team name because I, I feel like that's uh, another yep. whole other situation. But yep. uh, to see them lose in the way that they're the way that they lose, and Antonio Brown is great. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He's one. He's, he might end up being one of the greatest of all time. But uh, to see them struggle and suffer like they have, I, I actually take a little bit of enjoyment out of that. Oh, I know you do. That's why that was the first thing I brought up. Thank <laughs> you. Take, take take that name somewhere else if you want to honor natives. Honor them. Don't don't call them by the color of their supposed skin. So yeah, and, and then here's the thing. Um, they gave all that money to Josh Norman, and you know, and the whole debate is: should he That's move around? System man, 
I know. I, he is a zone player. Like don't man him up. Yeah, I think he's been he's gotten exposed in preseason. Um, really, even against last year, Odell Beckham took him own self, his own self out the game because he had got. I mean, he had torched him on the first play. Then he dropped the ball and stuff like that last year. I I I think he just benefited, but it was a reason why Carolina was willing to let him go. Trust me, if he was because lockdown corners are hard to find. And it, it reminds me of Nambi. You know, mm, when Nambi mm. Osmore left left Oakland, what happened to him? He went on the Eagles, and they had this all star lineup, and then. All of a sudden, people were catching stuff on Namdi Asimov. Well, but don't you think <laughs> same concept? But Namdi played more man than he did. Right, right. You know that kind of fit him in a system that, that ended up not working. And on top of that, you know Namdi was getting up there in age whenever the trade happened. Yeah, or I don't even remember who the trade or if he just signed. The, I thought I he just signed because he got that money. I thought it was a sign signing because yeah, it probably was. But yeah, so but then the Rams uh, or the let's actually go the Cardinals versus New England. Did you watch that? I watched bits bits and pieces of it. Um, I can tell you that I number one, I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of both of those coaches. Uh, maybe Bill Belichick's not so much my style, but I like the way he, he wears what he wants to wear. Don't care about it, and then. Uh, Bruce Arians is just a cool cat. I would love to play for that dude. Yeah, I mean, and Bruce, uh, for that loss, I mean, the game shouldn't have been as close, but the Cardinals, as a overall, especially defense, was porous, and uh, Carson needed, you know, I think he needed to settle down, but David Johnson did his thing. Um but Bruce went in on everybody. That's one thing. He'll tell you in a minute, I'm talking to the player, not the person. But he went in on Kandichi, and uh, he didn't go on the rookie cornerback on Williams, but Williams has he's had a tough time. <laughs> I mean, that wow. this uh, When you're a rookie, that's a whole, you're trying to adjust to the speed of the game in general and then play a, a, a solid offense like New England, it, it doesn't matter. It's plug and play. You just put whoever in there and it works. I was surprised uh, in that game. I was surprised they didn't they utilize Martellus Bennett more as a blocker than they did as a receiver and, and you know, he's had a history of having great games, so yeah, uh, I was surprised about that. I think, but I think part of it was even his acclimation into the system. Uh, you know, maybe he just wasn't fully ready yet, Um True. But but they were and also they were hitting those out routes with Edelman like crazy and they stay I mean they didn't really throw at Patrick Peterson because you know they're like okay we're gonna make the rookie beat us and he wasn't able to and you know the the game was the Cardinals to win and the bad snap slash the hold uh, that at the end but the game shouldn't have been that close and. We're going to come back. We're going to hit these other games and make some NFL predictions. So uh, we'll be back shortly. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back, and um, this was uh, interesting. Deal. Uh, Cody's gone. Thank you, Cody, for coming on. Watching the Rams... Uh, Versus San Fran, first of all, I like I said last week, it's pretty interesting to see a number one pick not even dressed for the game, and both number one picks for uh, this year for San Fran and uh, the Rams did not dress, and probably for good reason for the Rams because Goff would have just gotten eaten alive. I mean, San Fran looked like they were the defensive juggernauts and not the offensive juggernauts. I mean, the Rams were very limited. I mean, San Fran loaded the box. They dared them to throw deep. They weren't able to throw deep. And, I mean, Gurley just had a hat on him every time he touched a rock. Uh, and, you know, I didn't expect a blowout. I thought they were pretty evenly marked teams. And, in fact, I give the edge in terms of talent to St. Louis. And, man, it just, you know, Donald Penn didn't play well. And going even according to um, Eric Dickerson and other people, like already, you know, you have some coaches that people feel are on a hot seat, and Jeff Fisher is rumored to be one of them. Uh, Rex Ryan, he knows if he doesn't do it this year, he may be gone. And, uh, you know, every year they put Marvin Lewis on here. Um, But, you know, the Bengals and the Browns family, they typically – they kind of hold on, so I, I guess that's good. And, you know, I being a coach and working in the league, you never want anyone to lose their job. But, you know, for people already to be throwing that out at the beginning of the season, it's kind of rough. Um, and I don't know, uh, the Bears-Texans game, it, it just I, – I think the Bears are going towards the right direction – I just think it's going to be another year of building a team through the draft of the type of players that they need 
to do it. I think that once they're also able to make a decision whether or not to part ways with Jay Cutler and things of that nature, I think that money and freeing those things up and bringing someone in, uh, I think that that's going to put them in a path to compete in the division. Um, If you look at John Fox's teams, he builds the defense and the running game first, and then the passing game evolves with it where you have uh, Ashawn and you have Kevin White, hopefully that's coming along, um, that they'll be able to compete. But just against the Texans, you know, they just didn't look too well. And it was interesting, you know, I mentioned earlier in uh, in the show that you look at college football, and there's been a lot of parity. Um, and if you look at the NFL, I think the parity is even greater. Out of the uh, out of the games, eleven games were decided between a touchdown or less. Seven of those eleven games were decided by three points or less. Most of them were like one point games, and it's just like amazing. Like you go Green Bay versus Jacksonville, 27-23. Buffalo versus Baltimore, 13-7. Chicago versus Houston, 23-14. Cleveland, Philly, and uh, way to go for the Rook, 29-10. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, 31-24. Minnesota, Tennessee, 25-16. Cincinnati, New York, 23-22. Oakland, New Orleans, 35-34. San Diego, Kansas City, 33-27. Miami versus Seattle, Seattle 12, Miami 10. Uh, Detroit versus Indy, 39-35. New York versus Dallas, 2019. And then New England versus Arizona, 23-21. Man, this is why football... It's one of the many reasons why football is probably the number one sport. You, as much as you would like to say, is a given that New England's going to go and win it all, it's not. <laughs> it, it literally is week to week and game to game uh, because maybe injuries, things like that. It's just hard for those teams that stay on top. It's very hard to um, to keep that going. So kudos to those that do, um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. Like I was thinking, okay, I'm going to make my predictions for the end of the season. Um, who is going to compete in the Super Bowl? And it's not as cut and dry as I would like to think. You know, there's that part of me. I, I'm probably going to lean more towards Pittsburgh for the AFC and. For the NFC, I'm still kind of stuck. I can I I would probably you know initially I would have probably leaned more towards Arizona, but I feel like you know I feel like it could easily be Seattle. It could easily I shouldn't say easily be, but I can see. Believe it or not, and not that I'm a Dallas fan, but I can see Dallas in the conversation. So it's going to be interesting um, how this goes um, this week. So, I mean, or this season, 
you know, you have you have the storylines. You have you know, New England. I could see those uh, New England. Heck, I'm I could see them having a battle with the Jets. The Jets, you just can't write them off, and you know Rex is going to fight for his life. And so you have just in that division, it's just going to be a slugfest. And you know you go to the NFC North, you have Green Bay and Minnesota that's really going to go at it. You have the AFC or the NFC West. Could it be Sam? Uh, could it be Arizona? Could it be Seattle? I mean, does San Fran have a chance? The Rams has been one of the most unheralded teams in that division. Could it be them? You go to AFC West. Heck, Oakland is going to look like they're going to be very good. I mean, I felt like that before the season. And you have, you know, Carr, Mack, and um, just that whole, their offense and defense, I mean, they're to reckon with. You can't really count Denver out. You would have thought to change a helm at quarterback, but let's be honest, the last year of quarterbacks, uh, last year of Peyton's season wasn't, it was probably one of his worst seasons. At some, at a lot of times, he looked pedestrian. So, you know, you pretty much have the same team and with a younger, healthier legs. And I think they have some better depth at quarterback than maybe they had in the past. And so it's just really a toss up in terms of. Who's going to do what? I mean, do I think Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans and that NFC South, uh, could Carolina come out and win it again? Yeah, but I think, you know, Tampa Bay, though Tampa Bay is not wasn't that far off in terms of talent from Carolina. And, you know, people seem to also sleep on Jacksonville. Jacksonville played Green Bay pretty tough. You just don't know. So, I mean, if I had to say it today, I would say Pittsburgh, and I have to flip a coin between Seattle and Arizona. But, you know, a lot is going to hinge on what Arizona is, the quarterback play. I think if they can have some consistency there and get the protection and, you know, really I would love to see some more depth at the cornerback position for them uh, to make that happen. So this week going into the game is going to make some – Picks, New York versus Buffalo. I think Rex is going to send a, send a kitchen sink. Although I wanted, I'm more leaning towards the Jets. I'm going to give the game to Buffalo by seven. Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. Another ball uh, bar fest, a ball fighting fest. Uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh with this one. I think that they're hot. I don't think Cincinnati has the corners that can cover them. Uh, Antonio Brown and there we have it for that. Tennessee versus Detroit. I'm going to go with Tennessee. And the reason why? Because they're going to run the ball. And they're going to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball, and they're going to force Stafford to make a mistake. Baltimore at Cleveland. Believe it or not, this is still usually a good game. Yeah, McCown, that will probably be the quarterback. But I am going to take Baltimore uh, with this because they'll be able to run the ball and play solid defense. Uh, Dallas at Washington, I am going to go with the Cowboys. I feel like they, you know, with, I, in some ways I feel like they have an upgrade at quarterback, so I'm going to give them the edge. New Orleans at uh, New York, I'm taking New York Giants. San Fran at Carolina, I'm going to go with Carolina. Miami and New England, New England. Kansas and Houston, I'm going to take Houston. 
Tampa Bay versus Arizona. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Seattle versus L.A. Seattle. Jacksonville over San Diego. Oakland over Atlanta. I am going to take Denver over Indy. And then Green Bay over Minnesota. So we're going to see how accurate my guess, uh, my picks were. I think they're going to be pretty solid. Although I'm sucking in my fantasy football league right now. And uh, the football pool we have amongst my friends. Uh, so I think I'm second to last. So i got to step up my game and really do some more uh, studying of what's going on. But I appreciate you all tuning in. And look forward to talking to you next week. We are out of here. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.